Good morning once again, everybody. Happy Thursday to you as we're heading into a weekend. Excited for the NFC Championship game against the Niners, but also looking a little further down the road to that big game in Las Vegas. And Fountain Blue Las Vegas is the newest luxury resort and casino on the Strip. We want to send you there for the big game weekend. You score a trip for two to Vegas, including airfare, a two-night stay at Fountain Blue Las Vegas, a $150 credit to spend at one of the 36 restaurants and bars. This is a great deal. Two tickets to the Fountain Blue Las Vegas big game viewing party at the Blow Live Theater. All you need to register to win is to know exactly what the national keyword is. And this hour, the keyword is game. Keyword game. Text that to 95819. 95819, and you'll be registered to win this great getaway uh, to watch the big game at Fontainebleau, Las Vegas. And pardon my peppy. You, you did that pretty <laughs> good. Okay, that was yeah. good. Um, we are uh, still ruminating, digesting uh, the many proposals that were outlined in uh, Gretchen Whitmer's State of the State last night, her sixth as governor of the state of Michigan. A lot of them, if you, I mean, you'd be forgiven if you felt a sense of deja vu because a lot of these proposals are something that she has talked about before. She wants to take another step, incrementally expand them, or perhaps uh, accelerate the timeline for getting to the goal of things like pre-K for all. Sandy Barua, the president and CEO of the Detroit Regional Chamber, was listening with the ears tuned to what was in it for the business community, and he joins us live this morning. Sandy, good morning. Good morning, Guy, Jamie, and Lloyd. Hope you well. We, we are looking, you know, so many things here for families, pre-K for all, community college, caregiver tax credits. Um, a lot of those things may sound like that they are welfare programs, but through the eyes of those at the chamber, are they also pro-business? Yeah, I think there's was a lot to like for everybody in the governor's speech. Let's 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 face it. You know, our governor is one of the most popular governors in the country, and last night kind of showed you know one of the reasons why is that you know she's got great stage presence, uh, and she knows how to appeal to a mass audience. Uh, from the business community standpoint, I would say there was a handful of things that stood out, and they stood out because we've been working on these issues for years. I mean, she called for an expansion of the research and development tax credit for businesses, uh, and we have been strongly supportive of that. We think that's absolutely critical, especially as our economy gets much more technological, and we need to get those high-skilled workers uh, here in Michigan and keep the ones that we're producing uh, here in Michigan. Uh, the revision and the extension of the Good Jobs for Michigan Act, which we worked so hard uh, to enact uh, under our former governor, Rick Snyder. Uh, she's called for an expansion and a rejuvenation of that, so we're very happy about that. Uh, there was a lot to like about the next for the next gen, you know, automotive companies, especially around, you know, continued support for, you know, batteries and other high tech investments. So all that I think was really great for the economic development slash business community and the K through 12. I mean, excuse me, K through 14 announcement again, something that we've been really uh, advocating for. Um, uh, Sandy, she also talked about uh, the Renaissance zones, and we know we have Renaissance zones all across the state. But she says, you know, we need to try to simplify into like a single flexible category because a lot of these uh, Renaissance zones are strict, have strict categories that define the eligible projects within them. Yeah, uh, Lloyd, that's exactly right. Uh, to me, uh, I'll be honest with you, I, I'm a little fuzzy on exactly what that uh, entails. Uh, 
I think Renaissance Zones, uh, since Jack Kemp introduced the concept back in the 1980s, have been kind of a mixed bag. Sometimes they've worked really well, sometimes they just haven't. So I want to find out more of the details before I comment on that one. Okay. Uh, Sandy, some things that may not be exactly tied to business would be the roads. You know, she says she wants to fix the damn roads. Is that something you, you know, listen to? Because that helps business. Yeah, no, uh, certainly, you know, the whole fixing the roads uh, words, those sound vaguely familiar for some reason. I don't know why. (laughs) Uh, uh, Yeah, I, I mean, first of all, I will give the governor credit. I mean, she did do some, I would say, creative financing uh, with some bonding uh, in her first year in office, which did accelerate uh, the fixing of our of our infrastructure, particularly roads and kind of underground uh, infrastructure. Uh, now, that's bonded money. That means it's money we have to pay back. Uh, so it was kind of a short-term loan to ourselves uh, to be able to kind of fix the basics. And, and, as, and she, she, I think she, she can rightly say, you know, that there's been a tremendous amount of road construction over the last two and a half years, uh, as frustrating as it is for some of us sometimes. So credit to her for getting something done when uh, she and the legislature couldn't agree to uh, a plan together. Uh, she took action on her own, and I think given her options, uh, she, she ended up in a, in a good place or the best place possible. Republicans in their response last night, Sandy, uh, Eric Nesbitt, the, the Senate leader for the GOP, said, look, he found his, her address to be somewhat out of touch. He said, look, she's kind of painting this rosy picture, and yet we are 39th in the nation in per capita income and media income trending to 41st, and that a lot of the things that she's talking about doing were kind of warmed over, that they're... You know, that six years into this, we should see improvement by now in those numbers and in student achievement after the pandemic. Are they wrong? Well, I would give Senator Nesmith uh, kind, of a, 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 a kind of a 50-50 grade on that. So, first of all, he's, his numbers are exactly right. Uh, and, you know, I served on the Governor's Population Commission. I do wish that she would have kind of embraced the entire findings of uh, that commission that was co-chaired by Shirley Stancato and yeah. Ambassador John Ricolta. Uh, she didn't. She kind of picked a few things here and there. Uh, well, and but, Judy, you know, should uh, point out, Sandy, she spent $9 billion in surplus money before the report even arrived. Yeah, uh, and some of those things were consistent. But, yeah, yeah I, I mean, again, as someone who have served on – you know, several governors' commissions, including chairing one for, for Governor Snyder, uh, I, I was kind of hoping for a slightly different approach in her State of the, uh, state, of the state Address. But to, you know, Leader Nesbitt's point, uh, you know, all the numbers that he rattled off are the same numbers that we put into the report, and we put them up front in terms right. of, you know, Michigan's house is on fire. Where I would might take a little disagreement with the senator is that, those numbers are a 40-year trend drop, right? So, you know, that has been through multiple changes in the legislature and multiple party changes in the governor's office. So, you know, that whole decline in per capita income, decline in population, decline in uh, educational achievement, that's been 40 years plus. So to expect, you know, one governor, you know, in, in a handful of years to dramatically turn that around, I think, is a little unfair. Well, Sandy, she said that she increased per-pupil funding, but if you look at those numbers, it hasn't moved the needle. A 22% increase over five years, but student achievement were 43rd in third grade reading. Yeah, and you know, and uh, another statewide uh, initiative that I serve on is, uh, is Launch Michigan, which I think 
uh, the three of you are familiar with, and it's really focused on taking a fundamentally transformative approach to our K through 12 system. And what we've learned over the five years that Launch Michigan has been uh, uh, been operational is that it you know it's not our funding levels. Uh, because when you look at what, our, what we spend per student versus other states, you know, we're spending more and getting less. There's just no, no, no two ways of, of looking at it. Um, it is the system that we have, the inefficiencies in our system, the standards that we, will frankly, don't have. Uh, you know, so it's not, it's not the students. It's not the parents. It's not the teachers. Uh, it's not the business community. It's not the public. It's all of us, right? We mm -hmm. all have played a role in this. Uh, so I think before we spend any more money on public education, we have to ensure that the system that money is going into is really solid. I mean, that we've really thought about. Other states have done this, Massachusetts, Tennessee, yes. Minnesota, and they have done a very sound job in changing their educational outcomes, not just focusing on the dollars in. They're, they're, they've been more focused on the output out of the process. We need implement to best practices before expanding funding. Exactly, right. Uh -huh. Because, uh, I, again, you know, we can't ignore the fact yeah. that we're spending more and getting less. Sandy Barua, always appreciate your insights, my friend. Have a great weekend, and go Lions. Go Lions.